Hello, welcome to the Fantastic Grotto. My name is Rudy. Joining me is my lovely co-host Tasha. Welcome to our Cave of Wonders as we discuss movies, television, thingamabobs, and all things fantastic. Hi, Miss Tasha. How are we? I'm having a great day. How you doing? I'm good. My legs are killing me, but I'm good. Why your legs hurt? Because on Friday, I went paintballing with uh, the company I work for. Uh, we had this huge work event and different offices from different cities came together. Not everyone, but it was so much fun. And I <laughs> I got hurt. And my hurt? Body sore. Yeah, hurt. Yeah. So, like you fell? Like, so <laughs> we were like diving and hiding and like, ugh, it's a lot. I, like, I got hit in the back of the head. We They do give you helmets. But in the back of my head, the helmet doesn't cover that area. And someone got me in the back of the head. Yeah. And people, yeah. bullets hurt. They do. Yeah. So it doesn't hurt right now. But, like, if I touch it, obviously it hurts. But when I'm, like, laying down, it doesn't. Thank God. The pillow is soft enough. But still, though, I remember the morning after. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, my back, my body, my head, it all hurts. So oh my God. Today, did you at least win? Uh, we did actually. Thankfully. Thank God. <laughs> did you imagine uh, all of that and a loss? And loss. Yeah, Oof. I know. It was so crazy. Um, I got one guy in that, you know, I'm not going to say, it, but, <laughs> but I will say this. I saw one of my managers literally just like dive into the dirt trying to get someone. It was hilarious. So would I do this again? You bet I would. You bet I would. Um, I was protected, though. I had like all this padding of clothes to protect me. So yeah, the boys, the hardcore uh, paintball pe- uh, people go out with full gear and Mm -hmm. fatigues i knew a boy that had one and it shot rounds like automatic yeah there are people who are hardcore into it oh i believe that Mm -hmm. it seems like a thing that would be fun to like plan for the weekend and you go and you do that i don't particularly like how much they hurt yeah and i'm like i'm not sure if that's fun to me that is that painful. I'd rather just whoop your ass in some laser tag because I'm real good at that. Ooh, I haven't done laser tag in years. I'm, I'm real good at that. Oh, man, I miss it. So, mm-mm. no, I'm glad you had an eventful week. I had a very uneventful week. Praise God. So God, be, so God be all the glory because I couldn't, I hadn't had too much going on. I have a lot coming up. So thank goodness it was a nice, simple week for me. Fun, fun. Recuperate. <laughs> Yeah, and and prep for it because you know I got some some traveling coming up. So, mm-hmm. thank goodness it wasn't crazy this week. But anyway, it was nice that you had a good week. Nice that I had a good week. So let's go ahead and boogie on to fantastic news mm-hmm. today on fantastic news. These are the stories that recently caught our attention this week. SZA's manager Terrence Punch Henderson recently spoke on the MTV VMAs. He said, "End quote." Obviously, she had one of the best years, if not the best year of any artist at this point. I don't see why she wouldn't be nominated for Artist of the Year. It just really didn't make any sense to me. It's disrespectful. I figured why go perform and do this if she's not going to be respected to the highest level. So it was my call to actually pull out of the performance. End quote. Uh, He has a lot more to say. I just shortened it. But still, though, I was surprised that he did this, though. Was I surprised? I don't... I don't know if the VMAs pack as much of a punch as they used to for the performances to be causing this much of a huff with so many people upset that who performed and who didn't perform. They don't even get the views that they used to get. So I'm very surprised at this, but like surprised that this has, that her among other artists have been having such a a robust conversation about not performing. Seems interesting to me because I was like, I didn't think that the, that they cared as much as like when it was 99 and the VMAs came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember one of my favorite performances is when TLC did this medley of crazy, sexy, cool. Yeah. From their album. Yeah. Great performance. Well, I don't remember, but I saw the performances many years later on YouTube. <laughs> I, know. I know you don't. I know yeah. you don't. Mm-hmm. But yes, I remember that night. It was an amazing, it was an amazing performance and they did have an amazing year, which you would think keeping in line with the story that that would be kind of what would happen with SZA. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure why he would pull out for that. Actually, I am. I am. It feels a little egoy, mm-hmm. but but with the with, with the right to have an ego. Like I've done the work. I have the ego. I think I should be nominated. Maybe not win, but you're like you're allowed to have this ego and say, you know what? I I would have liked to be nominated, and since I wasn't nominated, I'd rather just not show up. I don't think it's a bad thing. 
I'm kind of 50-50 on this because from a fan's perspective, obviously I'm not an artist, but from a fan's perspective, it's like, you know what? You had a great album. We loved it. It took a few years, actually, because her record label kept delaying the album. So I thought, okay, well, you had a successful album, a successful year, and a successful tour. It would be great to see you perform at least. Uh, being nominated, yeah, of course, us fans are going to ride or die and be like, how come so-and-so wasn't nominated? That's always going to happen, given any artist. Let's be honest. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's SZA, BTS, Nicki Minaj. The fans are always going to be upset that certain songs or certain artists weren't nominated. It happens every year. I do agree that the MTV VMAs aren't exactly what they used to be. Mm-hmm. I do not remember last year's at all. Maybe even the one before that, honestly. Yeah, but you could kind of blame that on COVID. Oh, well, that too. Yeah. And then also, um, someone pointed this out too. I feel like part of the reason why viewership has gone down too is because people know that they can watch the performances on YouTube later on, a day or two later, or just watch the highlights, whatever it is. Um, Uh, Not really. The viewership has just gone down in general because viewership has gone down for live shows over the last couple of years. So the VMAs decline. Their numbers have declined in the same way as other live shows that have performances have declined. I don't think it's necessarily aligned with YouTube because YouTube's always been there. And kind of like what we talked about, all of the performances aren't always available at all the time. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. You can't always see something on YouTube. You can a lot of the times, but it's not, it's not always there. Mm-hmm. I just think that in general, viewership for award shows have gone down and declined and it does it's not the way it used to be before just a change of times basically is why i think people aren't watching it as much um but do you think he was justified in his actions i think is what you were saying i think he kind of kind of was Mm, mm. well we'll see here's the thing because he says that he it was his choice to pull her out of the performance right so here's the thing was the did, did she agree with that? I'm guessing to a, to a certain extent, maybe she did because yeah. obviously we haven't heard from her. But if she didn't agree, she wouldn't. She would have been up there uh, yeah. shaking it for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just find it interesting. Uh, interesting that it's the manager of all people speaking out because um, did you hear about Victoria Monet? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I that's why like... I was saying how so many people are having that same like conversation about why wasn't this person up there. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because with Victoria in particular, this is why I'm salty about Victoria in particular. This is me being a new fan. (laughs) But uh, she was told that she's still too, quote unquote, early in her career. No, early in her story. That's what they said. Early in her story. That's what they said. That's what she said they said. Yeah, that's what she said. Very important. That's what she said they said. Just like Mm -hmm. with the scissor thing. He's saying it was his decision. That's what they're telling us. What actually Mm -hmm. happened? (laughs) <laughs> we'll never know maybe, yeah maybe it was scissors ego who was like i'm not nominated why should i even go mm-hmm. uh, be, be honest though oh be honest do you think that she should have been nominated for artist yeah. of the year yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. she had an amazing year just think about her concert tickets oh man yeah i love how she had that big diving board out on stage and how how those broke Ticketmaster and how those changed how everybody else had to sell their tickets it was SZA who did it like who was the first one that was huge and I was like wait hold up what is going on with these ticket sales so yes she is a huge artist she should have been nominated she wasn't nominated and I guess at this point it's one of those things like people always say because I know we talk about I talk about Beyonce every week but they say that like Beyonce doesn't come out if she's not nominated I don't know if that's ego if it's like I have so many things that I could be doing why would I come out if I'm not yeah well I mean then to Beyonce's Beyonce so yes yes so I'm just saying like they people say that about other multiple artists do that like if I'm not nominated Mm -hmm. I'm not coming so to the point with SZA maybe she's like that I'm not coming also to what you're saying about Victoria Monet it seems strange that that's the quote that she put out earlier so it does seem like she's pulling from communication she was sent from somebody it seems like somebody wrote some kind of a stupid email and she looked at it and was like what what does this even mean exactly <laughs> there's been plenty of artists that have put out one hit well not one hit but I want to say put out their debut album or their first single and they were invited to perform that first single so She's in her, what, her second album, technically? So it's like, well, she's been in the game for quite some time now. So the fact that someone told her it's too early for her, that doesn't make sense to me. Maybe the more established artist wanted to perform because they haven't been able to get their performances out 
because like we were saying, so many award shows didn't get to do things because of COVID. So it's possible that the network just wanted to work with those artists more than they wanted to work with Victoria. And that's how we ended up not getting her. And they sent her some BS email. I know they're kicking themselves for it now because she's had such an amazing summer. Mm -hmm. So I I think this might've just been a mistake on their part. And Mm -hmm. before they thought it would be fine. And now the fans are talking and they're like, oops, we're dummies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, in my mind, it's justice for Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a fan. Uh, I'm not going to be one of those annoying fans going online being like, why didn't you do it? No, I'm not going to do that. I'll just keep those comments to myself. <laughs> and here in the grotto, but still, though. Yeah, so that's that on that. Mm-hmm. All right, what's our second story? For our second story, Attack on Titan Season 4 Part 3 is set to be released later this year on November 4th. It took about three years, correct, for the last part? Since the last part? I believe so. Yeah. And I know how much pop- how popular it is, and I know you love this show. So for those of us that don't know much about the show, Tasha, what exactly is this show about, without spoiling it, obviously? And why do you love the show? Oh, how do you tell people what Attack on Titan is about? First of all, it's absolutely frightening. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's super. They're in this world. There are these giant humanoid people that can show up out of nowhere and just start attacking towns. So people live in fear of them all the time. And there are elite task force that go out to try and kill them. Kind of like that's the most bland way to see it. And the okay. show follows the journey of figuring out how do we get to this place where these things exist and how do we beat them and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most roundabout way that I can talk about Attack on Titan without spoiling it. Breaking it up into these parts final season part one part two part three has been exhausting to the fans (laughs) (laughs) but the final final installment drops november 4th of this year thank god we've been waiting it waiting for it for a long time it's also a show that gives me such anxiety that i do not watch it before bed (laughs) oh okay it's that intense then it's very intense it's like a suspense filled show it's not one of those anime shows like you'll see that'll have a few comedic moments. No, this is this is always going. It's very intense. It's actually people said that it would make a cool Halloween Horror Nights, and I think that they they kind of tried it Ooh. one time because the giants have these huge heads with these huge teeth, and you as a human fit in their hand. That's how big they are. Like your whole body. oh my god, yeah, and they could just okay. crush you and snap you. It's a great show, especially if you like action. I was going to say something that was also going to spoil it about the main character, but I think people should just be watching. Get recapped on it. People watch it before November 4th and then watch the regular episodes with those of us who are fans. Are you going to watch? I'm interested in watching at least the first season and giving it a chance because now you sold me. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this seems really intense. I want to try it now. It's really good. Uh, I, this is one of those shows I've always heard about. So it's this one, Demon Slayer, Hunter Hunter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always hearing about Dragon Ball Z till this day. Uh, and then, of course, Pokemon and Sailor Moon. But still, with Attack on Titan, I've always heard about it but didn't know what it actually was. But now that yeah. you, Miss Tasha, has said what it's about, I'm in. I'm mm-hmm. invested now. I'm like, this sounds kind of like it does sound scary and intense. Yeah. So, like, I to explain what the title means, remember I said the big giants—they're called titans. Mm-hmm. So, attack on mm-hmm. titans. So they're trying to kill them. Now it makes sense, right? right? Now at least the title. Yeah, makes it makes sense. total sense. Yeah. I never understood what it was. What, why it was called that? Mm-hmm. Uh, wait. Question two: How long is um, an episode? Is it like? less than 30 minutes a little over 30 minutes an hour traditionally the episodes would be 30 minutes but in the final seasons i think they've all been two hours but Per episode mm-hmm, but there's only been like oh. this is two it's two episodes so two hours okay yeah so oh. so more like the final season is more like a movie than it is episodes okay uh do you have a favorite main character since we're on this topic no i do not subscribe to liking or um it's a better way to say it i don't get connected to or attached to any character in attack on titan because just like game of thrones they could go at any time (gasps) 
Oh, so that's why. Okay, I was about to ask, would it be a spoiler to, to In, say why? Now I know why. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you understand why it gives me anxiety. When Game oh of Thrones gosh. was on, it was the same thing. I'm like, I can't watch this before bed because I don't know if you're gonna kill my favorite character, and then I'm just gonna be up all night worried about my fictional. Looking at the ceiling, yeah. I was thinking about it. <laughs> worried about my fictional fave. <laughs> oh my gosh, no! So no one is safe. Okay, no one. No one. Oh my God. Okay, man. I really want to watch this now. Mm-hmm. I wait. So I'm okay. Let me, let me ask you another question. Is this one of those like visually graphic type of shows? I don't mean just violence. I mean, just like visually stunning type of graphic shows where you're like, Ooh, that was good. The fight scenes are, it's not Ooh. super pretty because it's a dark world, but the okay. fight scenes are, are very well done. And the animation is very, very well done. But it's a it's very dark. It's very sad. Whereas like Demon Slayer has some bright happy moments, mm-hmm. even though we're slaying demons. That also has some of the best animation and the like. Their fight scenes are so good. The sword play, so good. Um, Demon Slayer is a bit brighter than Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan has a very brown color palette. <laughs> it's very mm-hmm. brown. Last question from me: Is there blood in the show? Yeah, tons. Honestly, oh, tons, tons, tons. They don't really lay back. They will, like I told you, you're a human, you fit in a Titan's hand, a Titan will pick you up and just crush you. And you'll see, like, the person gets the blood coming from the hand. Run for your lives, basically, right? Basically, (laughs) yep. Mm -hmm. It's so frightening because you think about it conceptually, if it was a real thing, what would you really do? These things are so big. They're so big. They come in various sizes. I think the smallest one they said is 10 feet tall. Only 10 feet? Okay. uh And they just considerably get big like skyscrapers. Anyway, I say all that to say, everybody watch Attack on Titan, and then maybe we can talk about it later. (laughs) For our third and final story, Amazon now has a new feature which might help out authors against AI scammers. People now must disclose if their work is AI-generated, but not AI-assisted. Now, I'm going to be honest. When this story came out, I was confused because I was like, okay, so this is technically a good thing. But since I'm not an author, I'm like, okay, this sounds still a little stressful. Yeah, this was their response to the previous story that we covered, uh, where the author had to approach them about taking down some fake books that were in her name because the few people were making AI-generated books and then putting it under her name. So now they are saying that you have to disclose if you completely wrote a book with AI. So I'm not sure if this really helps with the name issue. Remember, that was one of the biggest things. But I do think it will help with the other issue Amazon had that I don't think we talked about, that people will create fully AI-generated books and pop them on Amazon for sale. For cheap, two, three, four dollars, nothing insane. But people buy them, and then this person is making a profit without it really being a actual book that was written. It's just a bunch of gibberish words. Like, do you remember that article where the guy was like, "I wrote fifty books using AI," and they're not really books. Some of them were like mm-hmm. two two pages long, and he just called it a book. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then just some gibberish words in there, so it just mm-hmm. makes no sense, regardless. Yeah, it's very. It speaks to the fact that you can really scam super hard on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like scammers, uh, scammers be scamming. That's what it means. Yeah. Amazon, it, it doesn't have a clean record either way if you really think about it, but we're not here to talk about that. That's a whole other story. No. Anyway. And, and then this new thing is like you just have to say if it's, you don't have to disclose if it's AI assisted as opposed to AI generated. And one of the videos I was watching about this is so interesting is that a lot of people do use chat gpt to help them just start with their words or to create something that's more focused when they're saying a sentence things like that and that would still be allowed so technically if you write the whole thing using chat gpt and then you put two words in it that are yourself isn't that just ai assisted instead of ai generated and then it can still go on amazon it doesn't seem like a fix this seems like a band-aid on a crater of a wound (laughs) yeah because i was thinking to myself wouldn't they want to just like really go in depth into like in some kind of investigation and i don't i don't think you should do background checks but maybe consider it I don't know. This is so confusing to me. I'm just like, okay, it's like you're you're trying to help them, but how hard are you really trying? Not very hard. Not this very is, hard. This is when it's like, ooh, I don't 
not always on the side of the traditional publishing companies, but at least they made sure a human wrote it. <laughs> yep. Mm. Not seeing this as the win that they wanted us to see it as. Let me ask you this really quick, kind of off topic, but still, you know, in the conversation of books. If you were to write a book, which genre would it be in? So <laughs> this is going to make you laugh. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to answer your question, but first I'm going to tell you that I, when I was little, I used to write books, quote unquote, uh-huh. as a kid. And one of my greatest novels of all time was a horror book, just for you, because I know you love the scary things. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> just for you, I know you love the scary things. But I would probably write a fantasy book, because uh. escaping from the real world is my entire jam. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Um, do you think that, okay, how should I phrase this? Wait, before you ask me another question, what, what book would you write? Oh, man. My favorite genre is mystery thriller, but I would not write that. Honestly, I would not go with that genre. What would I write? Would it be horror? Do you think you could write a really cool psychological thriller and just screw somebody up, have them up all night? <laughs> I would love to, but I, I don't know. You're going to think this is ridiculous, but... I think maybe, maybe a romance novel. Okay. No, I can see that. I can oh, really? see that. Oh, yeah. you can see that? Well, tell I me why. I want to know why. I can see that because you have very specific ideas about how you want your romance to go in books, which means that you oh, probably have yes. like an outline of, it means you <laughs> have an, an outline of, okay, I would have done it this way, which means you have ideas to move toward that genre. Mm-hmm. I see it. It makes sense. Okay. All right, then. Uh, would I have smut in it? Mm, maybe course. one or two scenes. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yes. How long would those scenes be? I don't know. This is something I don't know. I started recently reading smut unintentionally with book clubs, as you know. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my gosh. I just I grew up Catholic people, so reading about it is kind of like, oh my gosh. So I just have to like <laughs> clutch your like, pearls. Hey, listen, like we've seen like we've been to the movie theaters and you watch these scenes in like movies that we watch. Like it's just a book. Calm down, Rudy. So that's why I'm still trying to like. <laughs> calm down about it anyways but yeah i would go with the romance mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i think you could do it i think you would be good though i think you could write a good romance novel i want an enemies to lover story like daggers at the throat that kind of story See, i yeah. told you you knew what you were doing so you were like <laughs> why and now you, you've, writ- you've written it it's completely i am finished. so messed up why am i so invested in this trope in particular oh my gosh what is wrong with me <laughs> it's like now you've completely written it it's finished just you know contact an editor you're done you got there this you go. <laughs> but for sure i would not have it in this time period in our era time period decade none of that i would probably go further years back minimum 90s and further back for sure yeah i think this is a good question uh to put in to or on our social medias you could ask people if you were to write a book what would be what genre would the book be this is good this is a fun conversation mm. we can even do a whole episode on this if somebody wanted that so oh that'd be I, fun to be like this is the genre and then this is my idea not to, not so much that anybody could steal your your shit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, bare bones. Grotto did it first, yeah. <laughs> like a bare bones idea of what you would write for a book. Like mm-hmm. you could do yours, I could do mine, and then maybe we have like a guest do theirs, and that would be like a fun episode. Okay. Okay, that's fine. I'm already getting ideas. Okay, stop, Rudy. See? Stop, stop, stop. See? Okay, see. <laughs> so you know, but we, but even if our books come to fruition um amazon won't have to worry about them being ai generated because we're humans so thanks damn you ai damn (laughs) you and that's all we have for today on fantastic news if you have anything fantastic that you would like for us to discuss please send us a message on instagram at the fantastic grotto and now we're going to take a quick short break welcome back to the fantastic grotto thank you for staying after a little tiny itty bitty break. Our main topic for today, as you should have read from the title, is The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. We're gonna do our official review. If you were listening, we talked about it a little bit before, twice on other episodes in our fantastic book section of the show. We kind of go over a little bit of whatever book we're reading together. And we did tell you guys already that we didn't like this book. (laughs) nope not at all nope you want the truth people there it is we did tell you that already but we still wanted to give it it's dedicated episode because it wasn't that it was in my opinion and Rudy will give his in my opinion it wasn't that it was a bad book it was disappointing for the world that I know 
can be so interesting. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I yes. know. Just to put it blankly. Yeah. <laughs> to put it blankly. So for anyone who maybe this is your first time listening, also thanks for listening. You should follow us on the socials. You could you should subscribe. You should put a thumbs up. You should rate our show. All those things. But if it's your first time here and you didn't hear any of our other episodes about books or this book in particular, this is about President Snow before he's President Snow. It is a prequel to the Hunger Games. It takes place 75 years or something like that before, 60 years before. Either way, he is poor at 18 years old. The Capitol is trying to make people watch the 10th Hunger Games or the 12th, what, what is it, the 10th or the 12th? The 12th Hunger Games. The 10th Hunger Games? Okay. Yes, 10th. The Capitol wants people to watch the 10th Hunger Games. No one's watching them. No one cares. It's about to get canceled like a TV show. This is the first year <laughs> that they ever had mentors, right? Like this, yeah. <laughs> this TV show is about to get canceled. They decide to have mentors for the people who come from the districts. Our, um, our our main character, Coleanus, is a mentor because if you do good as a mentor and if your tribute wins, you will win a scholarship to the university. And as he is very poor, but pretending not to be, um, calamity ensues. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> they are broke with a capital B. Yeah, they're super broke. And we just follow him through the games, then after the games, because, again, guys, this is the point that I'm going to start talking spoilers right here. Boom. All right, just wanted to give anybody a second to, to leave and then come back later. He cheats during the games. Yes, he does. And he makes a way for his tribute, Lucy Gray, to win because this, like I said, this is the first year that they're doing things in the game. So they start dropping food for the first time in the games. You can finally bet on the games. And this is the first time that they started adding those extra elements to the games, forcing them to run, to move, to, hi- to, to hide and be scared of something other than each other as tributes. For example, if we refer back to Hunger Games, you could think about when they released the gas, things like that. All of the extra things that happen in the games that could try and kill you. This was the first year they started implementing that. And by, imp- by that, I mean they implemented dropping snakes into the arena that would kill anybody who sensed they did not recognize. And Corleanus actually had dropped Lucy Gray's handkerchief in the tank with the snakes before they went into the arena so that they would not attack her. Mm-hmm. That cheating was clever. Yeah, mm-hmm. cheating ass cheater. That was clever. But as we all know, cheaters sometimes get caught. Secrets come to the to light. He also gave Lucy Gray a compact and said, this is for good luck where makeup powder would go and then there's a mirror. And then he told her, put any powder that you think in here because he knew she had access to rat poisoning and so she scooped that up and she also gave that to fellow tributes to poison them when she came out of the arena she said it was her she didn't blame anything on him and then he gets kicked out gets sent to the what are they called not the the academy but yeah the army of forgetting it but the peacekeeper academy Ah, army something like that kicked out and sent to the peacekeepers that's Uh what it is they ship him off back to district 12 he meets back up with her they get together he spends this entire book being very like you can tell he's evil this whole book right mm-hmm. he's always planning his next move whatever that move may be and very selfish very sneaky very conniving so i remember being excited about this because i wanted to um like i love a villain origin story mm-hmm. and i i love that he didn't just so things that i did like i love that he didn't just go from nice and then snapping and then be bad I like that he was Thank kind of you. always trash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel it's interesting that you say that because you're right, though. It's very overdone where it's like they just wake up one day and they're like, I am going to set this world on fire. It's like, OK. And then sometimes it's always some type of childhood drama like, oh, my dad didn't hug me. Now I want everybody to suffer. It's like, OK, so this is someone who is willingly doing these things. Yep. He's not ashamed. Like. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Um, I will say this too um, the scene where Dean Highbottom brings him in after the games has been won by Lucy uh, we'll get to Lucy in a bit but with Lucy when he brought out the items it was the handkerchief the compact and there was a third item why am I forgetting it shoot oh anyways but I remember he put out those items and I without saying it he basically was telling Corio I'm going to call him Corio what's all this and that was their way of saying we know you cheated 
uh, we're going to make punish you for this. I remember reading that chapter and be like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? And then it just kind of fizzled. Yeah, fizzled. Thank you. Because I feel like there were times, ugh, there were moments where I was like, <gasps> and then there were times where I'm like, oh, that's it? Oh, okay. I thought something bigger, more grand was going to happen. I thought he was going to get like punished, punished. I thought yeah. even for a second that Lucy got killed. Mm-hmm. After, like, I thought mm-hmm. like she won and then they brought her out and they were like, okay, behead her or something. Mm-hmm. Which now brings me to Lucy. Do you think she was a Mary Sue in this book? No, I don't. Mm, okay, tell me why. I think she's stronger than that. Okay, I like that she was charismatic and witty. I think that's why I liked her so much throughout the book. I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of wish this was like a, what's it called? Dual, dual point of view? Dual. Dual, thank you. Yeah, Two people, yeah. dual point of view. Was yeah. it in both? I don't remember. Do we go into Lucy's head? You're Never. Right. It's, been a, it's been a while since we've read it. So this is very much like how Hunger Games is, but we just kind of stay with Corleanus all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been nice to be with her in the games because since we're not with her in the games, you're mainly focusing from Coriel's perspective and Lucy's Boy. hiding. Yeah, boring. she's hiding. Yeah, she's just hiding. And it's like, where is she? Do something. So boring. <laughs> I didn't, I don't necessarily want to see children, children killing other children, but this is so boring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then whenever we did get action in the games, it was intense. Cause I remember one girl was like stabbing a guy in the neck. I forget their names. Cause these names are horrible. Suzanne, I like you, but these names are not. <laughs> we talked about this before. But I was surprised, too, whenever there was action. I was like, oh, my God, like, what the, f- like, this is intense. But still, that, this now brings me to the tone, too. I feel like something crazy would happen, and then it would just, like, die down, and then it would just yep. be dead. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Like, this was a great moment. You could have extended this several pages. But I feel mm-hmm. like certain mm-hmm. moments lasted two, three pages, and that's it. Yeah. They, it, would, it would be lots of nothing, boring nothing, us in his head, us just being trapped in this terrible person's head. Uh, Corleone's head and then then something good would happen he somehow he ended up in the arena he, we see him in the arena he actually takes a life for the first time he kills someone mm-hmm. trying to trying to save himself and then he leaves the arena and you think that more is going to happen and then nothing happens and I wonder if that's kind of on purpose that she's saying like how he has these things happen to him but he's always very stoic and in a way acting the way you would perceive someone who is who has got it all together to be acting. So like crazy things happen, but then it's all together. Speaking and crazy of, thing happen, then it's all together. Yeah. Speaking of being stoic, let me ask you this. Uh, did you like that certain lines from the original book series were brought back here, like the hanging tree song and the uh, and the snow lands on top? And you know, it's the people that we love that destroy us. Something like that. It was nice the first time we got a line. But as the book kept going on, I thought, okay, I don't need to be reminded of the, the original book series. And it's right there if I ever want to go back. And that, as great as it is, I don't need to be reminded because I feel like sometimes... The, I mean, the, the, the two that you said are the ones that I, I think... Well, the three that you said are the ones that I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind Snow Always Lands on Top. Mm-hmm. Because taking it from in the original book series, it was very ominous and threatening. And in this one, it was actually a statement of hope. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a good way to show us how something that can start out as hopeful can end up being quite evil. Yeah. Hated Coriolanus thought Lucy Gray was very interesting. Lucy Gray comes from a family of singers and entertainers called the Covey. At the end of the book, we do end up back in District 12 when Coriolanus is a peacekeeper. And he is with the Covey and they are living so free and so apart from the capital. And you would think after him being trapped in the capital for so long that he would go to 12 and see the freedom of the Coveys and say, oh, this looks great. Nope. He saw them was like, the capital needs to tell them what to do still. Mm-hmm. He was always finding ways. Well, Susan was always finding ways in the book to let us know that he is capital through and through and to his heart. And even though the Coveys are very free, they, you would think of them like circus people who travel from town to town performing and you, why would you want to make those people sit still? He was like, no, you need to be still. I never felt that he was conflicted when he was hanging out with the Cubbies and Lucy. Yeah. Never felt that he was conflicted because I'm like, okay, we know that he survives and lives. What happens to Lucy? We kind of don't really know. That's just kind of open-ended. But I, it's interesting because it's like, okay, you're not dabbling. You're not. You're curious, but you're not dabbling. Like, you're not really fully giving yourself. You're not conflicted. So it's like, 
No, is this your way of just like snitching on them because you're so mm-hmm. capital you want to be pro capital so mm-hmm. it's interesting how that was done and which now brings me to say Janice Janice mm-hmm. yes uh, I'm just gonna call him CJ I, I hate this name so much but I'm gonna call him CJ uh he rats him out yeah so again since we're doing a book review what ends up happening is say Janice is another capital kid he came from originally district two his father had money and then he was able to move to the capital so we would never really fully grew up immersed in the same ideals as the rest of the children because he didn't go through the war from their end. He went through the war from the end of the districts, but his father amassed wealth, was able to go into the capital, and now wants his son to assimilate into this lifestyle that his son is completely against. When he had to take a tribute and be a mentor, Sejanus hated it. He kept trying to give him food, kept trying to be nice to them, and the the tribute from district two actually went to school with say Janice when he lived in district two. So he's basically looking at someone that he knew when he was a child mm-hmm. and watching them being sentenced for death. So he had a very hard time mentally going through with this and he eventually ends up in the arena trying to get the body of the tribute from district two and basically bury them or give them some sort of respect in their death. And when he sneaks in there, that's how Coriolanus ends up in there. When I alluded to that earlier, yeah, Corio, they send Corio in there to get him. And they have this terrible experience where for some reason, well, let me not say for some reason, for valid reasons, the tributes see capital kids in the arena and say, we're going to friggin' kill them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're in the games. It's legal. Yeah. Let's go. You're in the but games you know now, what? buddy. The, the Capitol was playing dirty, too, because they were messing with the camera. So yeah. even though the kids knew that they can just, like, oh, look, they're, they're, you know, we have some fresh meat. Let's go. The Capitals were being clouded. To a certain extent, clouded, I use loosely. But it's interesting how the Capitol plays dirty no matter what. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep it real. They do. C- CJ, I really, I liked him at first. But he lost me with that moment when he went in the games. I actually had to read that entire page over because I was like, wait, 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 wait. He's in there. How did he get in there? Mm-hmm. It he was did. insane. And I was like, yeah. okay, I'm glad we have a voice of reason being like, hey, guys, it's wrong that we're doing this. We're sending in innocent kids to kill each other. This is wrong. And I was like, yeah, there we go. We got a voice of reason. But as the story went on, I'm like, oh, CJ, you are just you are just like baggage, like a walking baggage. I just can't deal with you anymore. Yeah, he was a lot. His father tries to patch it all together by going to the school, giving them a large amount of money and saying, hey, he's going to leave the school. We just need you guys to make pretend like nothing happened. But Sir Janus being a, actually a good person told them that he'll leave and, and his father will give them the money, but they have to also give Coriolanus his diploma because he didn't get to get one. Mm-hmm. since he cheated on the games yeah so sir janus actually did a, a huge solid to coriolanus because he shows up in the peacekeepers he's like oh, i'm gonna be a peacekeeper too with you once i found out where they sent you i asked them to send me with you i would have been so annoyed seeing this annoying person be like hey i'm here hey i'm, I'm like, here oh now <laughs> i hate to be on coriolanus side but you're very right i'd have been so serious like if you get out of here but he shows up to when Coriolanus is all alone and Coriolanus doesn't like being alone. So having someone from his past who remembers who he was, but doesn't look down at him for being back at the peacekeepers, he likes that. So he can still be the big man on campus that he was when he was in the Capitol. So Sejanus helps him with that. But Sejanus is still conflicted even when he's a peacekeeper because they see people get hung in the district by the peacekeepers. This is still violence on behalf of the Capitol. So Janus cannot do it. And he starts aligning with people in the district who are trying to rebel against the Capitol. And somehow Coriolanus finds out and Coriolanus snitches on him. Oh, yes. And that goes downhill for Sage CJ. CJ, I can't even see his name. Sejanus that... ends up being sent, sentenced to death mm-hmm. and they hang him. In front of Coriolanus. Am I surprised how this happened? Yes, just because you never know what's going to happen in a Hunger Games book, right? But yeah, uh, I am surprised that it was Corio who basically sent him to his death. That did surprise me. I'm not surprised that a character like CJ would just get taken out in general. Mm -hmm. I'm honestly not surprised because I'm like, "Mm," he would have been taken out probably a different way, maybe, or I don't know. But a character like this, I don't think a character like this would have lasted long either way. Corio ends up sentencing him to death inadvertently and then these events these other events happen in front of say janus also they kill the girl who is the daughter of the mayor to the town 
Yeah. It happens I... in, in front of Sir Janus, right? And in front of Lucy Gray. Mm-hmm. And in front of a boy from the town. So it's three people who witness Coriolanus kill her. The boy from the town gets picked up by the Capitol and they kill him. Somehow, conveniently enough, Coriolanus is able to get Sir Janus sentenced to death. And then there's one person left. It's Lucy Gray. It's Lucy Gray. Who has the information about the fact that he's a murderer. Mm-hmm. He decides, I'm just going to run away because they, they're going to find out that I murdered. They, they have the gun somewhere. I don't know where the gun is that I used. So let me run away with Lucy Gray. They end up in the woods. They find the gun. And then somehow... Completely <laughs> random. <laughs> comes out of nowhere. I never really... Here's the thing. Their love story, I thought it was cute at first in the, the first third of the book, right? But as time went on, I was like, wait, this is way too fast. This doesn't feel earned. I don't think he's in love with her. I don't think she's in love with him. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's cutesy, but nothing said romance or like, oh, we must be together. No, none of that. So I don't know. That's why certain things in this book just did not really work for me. I'm just kind of like, okay, this feels mm-hmm. half-baked. I need more here. So the fact that he wanted to kill her, I was like, where is this coming from? Where did it come so, from? It just came yeah. out of nowhere. And it keeps that kind of what kept happening in this book. Things that were interesting would happen. They would happen out of nowhere. Like like you said, they did not feel very earned. I didn't care. I had no investment for anyone in the entire book. I was completely not invested. At the end of the book, they're in the cabin. And he finds the guns. And Lucy goes, oh, the guns are here. And he was pissed. <laughs> he was pissed to be in the cabin anyway. They walked for a couple of miles. And he said, my feet hurt. I'm tired. I'm hot. I don't do this anymore. And she said, well, let's rest in the cabin. And then that's where they found the guns. He clearly was not ready to be on the run anyway. It was just something he thought would save him from his position of being a murderer. Once he found that and he said he decided to kill Lucy Gray, they end up in the woods and he's chasing her. Okay. Now, Tasha, let me ask you this. Since they were going crazy in the woods, do you think that the snake that bit him was sent by Lucy? Do you think she commanded it to go bite him somehow? I don't know if she commanded it, but I feel like she led him in the direction where he would step where the snake was, since we know that she has such a such a connection to snakes because she used them on her reaping day. She used them in In the games. games. And so she knows where they are in the woods and she's able to lead him to where they are so that something could bite him and then poison him. And then he just starts shooting the gun everywhere, Mm -hmm. just shooting all around. So we never really find out at the end of this, is Lucy alive or dead? Because her plan was to run away anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, since the beginning, she's like, listen, I'm not really a part of this. I'm not really of your district. This is your guys' circus. Mm-hmm. I just sadly happen to be a part of the mess. Mm-hmm. Me in it. Leave me alone. Leave How'd me alone. I get like, in I no it? Choice. How'd I get in it? it was Lucy. Uh-huh. No, poor girl was minding her business. And you know mm-hmm. what? She, she was about her business, too. She's like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to leave. Yeah. I'm going to leave. Yeah. I'm not like, again, I don't I never believe that they were in love. And I wonder, too, if she even cared for him. And if he even cared for her, I think that maybe, would I say he's smitten? I don't know. Honestly, don't know. Because a character like Corio, it's like, I don't believe I, you. I don't believe him. I kind of believe her because it's like that thing where you, you fall in love with your captor. Oh, uh, Stockholm Syndrome? Mm-hmm. Uh. And he pretended to be so great to her. He bought her food. He did that while she was on her way to the the actual games and then he also sent her the food and stuff and gave her the rat poisoning so from her end i could see how she could fall for him i it doesn't make any sense for him to fall for her with all that information at all so that romance it didn't hit for me in the slightest i I think that for me it never went past flirty because it was very flirty Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i feel like she kind of falls into that like pixie dream girl trope if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I wonder if that is part of the reason why, because she she was very mysterious and she still is. The book is over. She's still mysterious. We don't really know that much about her if you really think about it. We don't. I love that, though. I love that we don't know that much about her. And even though, although at the end he was shooting at her, we're still not sure if he killed her, if she's alive or dead. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about just really quickly, because as we're talking about characters, is Tigress. And how I said in the beginning, Tigress was my favorite. She's still my favorite character. Aww. Yeah. I like the amount of screen time we got with Tigress. 
She's um, still my favorite character. Yeah. When I, when I brought up Tigress before, I said, I'm going to call it now and I'm going to say that Snow did something to her and that's how she ended up where she is and looking like a tiger and being completely dashed away. Mm-hmm. And think about it. It makes sense. He came and he showed up and he revamped the games as um, when he was a mentor. And then he comes back and him and the doctor at the very end of the book, they're like, let's get to work. Mm-hmm. So they probably went to work creating the games that we're used to from the Katniss series. And he probably told his cousin come. And then when his cousin was no longer useful to him in the way he does everyone else. Disposable. Disposed of her. Because that's, that's Tiger's story in the original in the original trilogy is that she was a designer. She helped design the clothes for the um, for the tributes. And then they used her up. They took her ideas and then they chucked her away. Well, who is the they, right? The yeah. they, we find out, is him. At least that's that's what I'm going to say. So I just want to say that about Tigris. Just to say I said it before I finished the book and I was right. <laughs> I was correct. This man is evil. The fact that he even turned on his own family, this is evil with a capital E. Evil. evil. So we talked about, let's see, we talked about plot, we talked about characters, we talked about the pacing in the book being weird. Mm-hmm. So let's just give our overall thoughts. We know that we both don't like it. Um, <laughs> we, I know the ending was weird, but we talked mm-hmm. about that being weird. You got anything else to say about the ending? Um, well, the ending, I do like that adding to what you're saying that Dr. Gull was like, hey, we're going to get started. See you soon. So I uh, love Dr. Gull. Strange enough, one of the bad guys was my favorite. favorite. <laughs> At first it was Lucy, but as time went on, I was like, ooh, I think I like Dr. Gull more. And I'm like, I shouldn't like her, but I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was just a well-written character. Yeah. And then with Lucy, I accept it being open-ended. Do I personally think that she's alive? Yes, because I think Koya would have mentioned like something about a body or bring her back to the capital, something, you know? So I think she's alive. Where is she? I don't know. Did she escape? I I don't know. We'll never know. And I'm okay with not knowing. I feel like kind of like what you're saying, we don't need to know everything. And again, Mm -hmm. she was always a charming mystery. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I accept her the way she was introduced to us, just this mystery. So we're just going to leave it open-ended and I accept her for what it is. I don't need to know. I'm okay with it. I accept it. If Suzanne, for some reason on Twitter or whatever, says like, hey guys, here's what happens to Lucy. All right, cool. Now we know. But I'm cool with it being open-ended. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with Lucy's the grayness of Lucy Gray. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Like it's Lucy Gray. We don't know what happened to her. We don't know if she's alive or if she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Corio going back to the Capitol and becoming the actual president, I would like to know how that happened. But I mm-hmm. I know I no longer need to be in his head for the rest of my life. Yeah, again, it just this book did not make sense with certain things and certain things were the rush. So it's just kind of like, okay, we're here now. All right. Mm-hmm. I didn't, um, I didn't, I don't need to be in his head for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Overall, the book is probably like a 6.5. And that's me being very generous because I still enjoyed learning about the world i still enjoyed seeing that Mm -hmm. the games used to not be such a big event to see them when they were little i enjoyed seeing graham the grand ma'am because it gave us an even earlier insight into what pan am was during the war Mm -hmm. all of those things i did like i just overall did not feel like the book delivered in the way the original series did and i I am not reading them and comparing them because I know that they're two different stories. I'm reading it and it on its own just doesn't pace. It doesn't pace correctly for me to enjoy it as, in my personal opinion. Yeah. I would not recommend this book. What rating would I give it? Uh, for, it's not high. It's not above seven. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <sighs> what rating would you give it? Like I said, mine is like a 6.5 and that's really just it, it probably like I said probably would have been a six it got the extra 0.5 because I did like like all those little things we saw were like oh, okay mm-hmm. I like that I but... give it a solid five just because certain moments I was like oh and it is nice knowing how certain things in the games took place mm-hmm. and uh, it's interesting too because the fact that the main character wasn't interesting enough for me and yet other characters were <laughs> so so that's why I'm saying I'm like I'm like I was interested in other people I was interested in the world I just wasn't interested in the main character so I don't necessarily want to give it super low but it's not it's not great yeah <laughs> 
So I uh, did not like this book. Uh, mm-hmm. Once one curiosity has been scratched, though, so we can't say that we read it. Yes. Would I recommend yes. it? Yeah. Would I recommend it? No. But you know, if people want to know anything, I'll be more than happy to like tell them certain things about it. So, and... question: Would you recommend it to a person who really likes the Hunger Games? Because that's different than just recommending it to a regular person. Mm, no, I would not. Honestly, you wouldn't. You don't think that you learn enough about the world? You just feel like forget it. Uh, yeah, honestly, I would say forget it. It is nice knowing okay. more about Panem. And you know what? It was nice going back to Panem, believe mm-hmm. it or not, even though it's mm-hmm. not the best society to be in. But it was nice to go back. I just, it didn't do it for me. The story just fell flat. And obviously, we knew he was going to be this horrible person. And even though we saw him be horrible, and it's not that, oh, I don't like that the main character was a bad guy. No, it's not about that. I don't mind that. I should like that. My favorite telenovela is about a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby. No, yeah. But it's not for me. I it just didn't do it. In in story wise, technically character wise, I just would not recommend it. And then of course the pacing was just all over the place for me. So wouldn't I recommend? Uh it's nice to know what the meaning of the title is about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is nice. Yeah. Uh Corio was the the snake and Lucy was the songbird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would recommend it to somebody who really liked the Hunger Games world. I would tell them it's not a great book, but you get to learn more about a world that you like. Whereas, conversely, I would never recommend The Cursed Child to anyone who likes oh, the no. Potter world because I'm like, you don't learn anything else about the world that's worth your time. That book contradicts itself in terms of time travel, but we're not going to get into it. That's all yeah. I don't want to go through. But that's why I'm saying, I'm like, there are some things that explore the world more. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, read it just for the learning of more about a world that you like. Oh, okay, I've learned a bit. That That's why I would, I would recommend this to a hardcore Hunger Games fan. No one else. Absolutely no one else. <laughs> Skip it. Watch the movie. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a fun adaptation because, again, the world is fun. And you won't be stuck in his head either. Uh-uh. All right. So overall, the book was meh. We, I, I would recommend it to a hardcore fan. You wouldn't re- recommend it to anyone at all. No, would not. But we did want to talk about it to you guys. I would never tell anyone not to read something, though. So like my me recommending it or not recommending it to you does not mean you do or do not read something. It's completely up to you. Hopefully you listen to this and it either gave you more clarification about the book or you were entertained by us talking about it that's it <laughs> that, that's all i want so we want you to have here we don't necessarily want to change your mind on anything you can do whatever you want buy the book support books we like books support mm-hmm. the library all those and things. we like suzanne all of it yeah we don't really dislike suzanne or anything she's fine that was our review of The Ballad of Songbirds and Sakes. Thank you for listening to The Grotto. Like I always say, if time was money, you couldn't pay it back. So thank you for spending time here with us. Anything else, Rudy? Snowlands on top. Remember that, people. Snowlands.